what can we read from the Nelson Mandela, Mandela Council meeting that has been postponed following the chaos there? Yeah, well, happy Easter to you and your listeners. I think it's just a manifestation of how the political body of the country has evolved. Uh, Nelson Mandela Bay is a contested metro. It is one where the ANC has lost. Um, and of course, with the coalition in power, it's not necessarily that you can see it as a smooth sailing um, governance structure. And what we saw yesterday was scenes of that unfolding of, of a coalition partnership where people were not happy with the way things were. There was objections, there was a lot of aggressiveness in the council meeting, and there were actually accusations being, being, being thrown across the floor in terms of credibility of candidates and so forth. Now, this is front of second motion of no confidence brought against him. This time around, it seems much more, much more intense in the sense that it be not clear where the where the, the, the positioning and the support base will fall. We know about parties like the Patriotic Alliance and others who have said they'll throw their lot in with the with the DA. But at the same time I think the DA is also very, very, very aware that this is a balancing act. This is a nice edge act for them because they can't guarantee some of their coalition partners opening up themselves to different levels of engagement. And this is what happens in a coalition, is that a partner would essentially be looking out for number one, and you cannot necessarily always anticipate where they go. So you become, as the, as the major actor or the major partner in the coalition, you actually become held ransom to some of the smaller parties. Now, for those not following the political shenanigans in the Eastern Cape, why was this motion carried forward for Ethel Trollope to step down? Well, I think in a nutshell, it's, uh, it's about the fact that uh, some people argue it's the catalyst effect of what the DA and the EFF came to as loggerheads in the National Assembly. So the EFF had put the motion of the land, of, land without expropriation motion forward in the debate in the National Assembly uh, uh, to a month or two ago, and the DA objected to that and never necessarily supported it. And this then became the cat and mouse game in terms of the, the EFF saying, well, now we're going to go ahead with this motion. That's the more catalytic, the more kind of knee-jerk reaction to what's going on in terms of, a coalition, in terms of internal contradictions and issues with the, power, with the political power structures in, in the Eastern Cape, in particular Nelson Mandela Bay. But I think it, deep, it delves deeper as well into uh, some of the more tense questions in terms of uh, 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 challenges that have been presented in the Nelson Mandela Bay with regard to questions of, of, of corruption, maladministration, not necessarily about Asap Trollope, but I think in the way that he has approached it within that metro and some of the individuals that were then, um, uh, uh, for the lack of a better word, relieved of their positions. And one of them being, I think it is, and I stand corrected, is a, uh, a counselor with the UDM who became quite a vocal individual in yesterday's uh, uh, whole breakdown of the, of, the, of, the, of the issues and the fact that the, the, the speaker then called, postponed the, the, the vote and then it's now until, uh, until further notice. So I think it's, it's a combination of factors. And I think what's 
what what we've seen is that this is not being a trouble-free metro. It, that we have the internal challenges, especially after 2016 when that coalition was put into into, into context. And the EA, uh, the EFF rather, actually said that they are not going to be a partner that's going to rubber stamp the DA. I think they've indicated that they'll, they'll support the DA, but they will also hold the DA accountable. And I think that's the challenge of coalition is when you, when you have that, that contradiction between the national and the local government, but it also becomes a, a, a filter for how you actually play out your politics of, of uh, disagreement, agreement and tensions at the local level. Now, the motion of no confidence for uh, Ethel Traub to, to step down has been set to, to be debated within the next 14 days. So can we describe this as, one, as you indicated, the failing of the coalition, and two, maybe did Trollope fail as a mayor or uh, of Nelson Mandela Bay, or is it just oppositions playing politics? Well, I think the, the, the first thing is you're quite right. It's a failure of a coalition partnership, or I wouldn't even say failure. I would say that's the implications of what coalition politics are all about. Uh, I think of uh, India, because India is a very interesting example of coalition governments. And successive governments in India have come out with uh, not have winning an outright majority, but coalition par- uh, government is what you have with the BJP and smaller political parties. Um, secondly, I think the question of the credibility and whether uh, Ethel Mayer was an effective and efficient mayor, I think that stands to, to different interpretations. I think people on the ground may say, yes, he hasn't necessarily delivered, he hasn't necessarily gone out and rolled out the kind of structure and strategy that they proposed in the run-up to the 2016 local government election. Others may say that there's, there's also been levels of of issues that we need to investigate, uh, we need to look at in terms of his own internal uh, uh, governance, etc., uh, with regard to the way he's carried the office of the of the mayor. So I think there's a whole different set of scenarios that may come out. But in terms of going forward, I think in the next 14 days, when the next uh, motion is set, uh, it will be very interesting in in the in the interim period between now and then. Uh, to, to, to examine the way in which the DA has essentially either smoothed out relations with their particular partners or have they been able to structure some, some, some interesting uh, political agreement and, and engagement with some of the other parties. Because I think the Patriotic Alliance was quite interesting when they said that they are going to be supporting the DA. And, of course, there were also questions about the fact that when you're getting, those, you're getting to those kinds of coalitions, you also have to do deal-making. And very often the deal-making deal could be underlined by not, ne- not necessarily the kinds of agreements you want. So this could also place an added burden on the new, on, on Apple Trollope and the DA in terms of deal-making with political parties at the smaller level who essentially are those that may not have a good track record or have some kind of question mark linked to their credibility. And I think in, the, in this context, this is what the DA has to think about very seriously and going forward. So I think Ethel Trollope and the DA will have to sit down, federal council will sit down, and then ask themselves what's going to happen, how they're going to go forward. In this interim as well, we may have to think, also look at and see, because the ANC has said they're not going to feel the candidate. They'll support a candidate, opposition candidate. So here there's another interesting opportunity here for other political parties to play um, very interesting divisive politics uh, and how the ANC plays it will be very interesting. Why did the ANC fail to field the candidate? For, for what reason? 
I'm not sure if they've failed. I think this is the ANC's uh, setting out and assessing the landscape. Um, I think the, the ANC realizes that perhaps within the Eastern Cape, it is a very important stronghold for them, which they lost at the Nelson Mandela Bay. But at the more uh, provincial level, they still retain control. And I think they're also trying to use this as an electoral gauge tool uh, to be able to see whether or not they have the right candidate. So I think in one way, this is about the ANC structuring the analysis of what's happening in the Eastern Cape in the question of are they ready? Do they have the right candidate to do that? And if they feel they don't have the right candidate, there's nothing wrong with them saying we're going to basically not field a candidate. But it also means that they don't open themselves up to ultra-weaknesses and other questions about efficiency, credibility, and so forth. So it could be a a wait-and-see game with the the ANC, or it could also mean that the ANC is looking out and saying that if we, uh, in terms of how we contest next year's election, um, and if we continue to to see this uh, election, the electoral uh, calculations about our win at the poll being being very very um, either is falling either way, either towards uh, below 60 percent and over 60 percent or below 50 percent, we have to also be very careful because this is a reality of coalitions. And so they're probably setting out the, la- the landscape there. Mm-hmm. Talking about that landscape, is that looking forward to 2019? Uh, will these smaller parties really become the kingmakers, like we've seen now what's happening within the Nelson Mandela Bay Metro? It's very likely that they will play a strategic and significant role. Um, in some situations, in some contexts, I think that they would play a much more significant role in embedded role. Um, if you want to call them kingmakers, perhaps that's, the way they want to look at it. But this also means that political parties like the big uh, uh, parties, ANC, DA, and, and, and so forth, will have to also become much more confident about their electoral support. So I think to a large extent, the challenge is when do you go into a coalition and when do you not? If you think you're going to be very... If, you're, if your polling suggests that you are going to be comfortable or just about comfortable in a particular area, I think you have to be very cautious about how that polling may actually translate into, into actual votes. So I think for, for political parties right now, the, 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 the prospects and the optics around coalition partnerships is a real thing in South Africa after 20, 20 plus years. And I think the dominance of one, uh, the, the question of a one dominant party state is an interesting one. But at the end of the day, it's not one that we continuously can, can say it, it remains intact because we have to look at the, at, the, at, the, at the provincial and particularly and most importantly at local government. So I think at the national level, it's not coalition right away, but definitely at local government level, we're seeing coalition become a key, a key, a key feature or characteristic of South Africa's landscape. Sanusha, the Democratic Alliance is hosting its elective Congress uh, next week at the Tony Events Centre in Pretoria. Now, it seems like there's a war of words lying ahead because uh, it seems like Musi Maimani, the party leader, is proposing constitutional amendments that will make the DA indistinguishable, some say, from the African National Congress. Your thoughts on that? (laughs) Yeah, it's a very interesting time when, when we actually draw the comparisons between the two parties. Obviously, you know, it's not a complete comparison, but it's definitely a comparison to draw. Because I think that uh, a lot has happened in the DA since last year, which kind of got 
glossed over because of the emphasis and attention on the ANC and its own elective conference and so forth. Um, and we saw what happened when, when, when the ANC elective conference was taking place. We saw a parallel issue happening in the DA with the whole DeLille affair. But that's also another ongoing saga in the party. And I think part of this is to, to bear in mind that the, that, the, that the DA, and I'm not sure if it's Musi Mayamani in particular that's pushing for these constitutional amendments to the DA's constitution, but whether or not it is a federal council decision. Mm. And I think we need to understand those lines of, those lines of, of power that lie in the structure of, and the, of, of the party. So I think to a large extent that we may actually see certain levels at which these constitutional changes call for removing councillors whom the, uh, the, the leadership of the DA feel have become, irrele- have become reckless or, do- or bring the party into disrepute or actually uh, are, are, are leaders or councillors or some kind of an individual whom they feel has not necessarily told the party line. And I think to a large extent, it's almost, it's almost interesting, if not uh, a juxtaposition of the two sides, because in one way, there's a lot of emphasis about the ANC and its own internal constitution and how these political, uh, political leaders are elected and constituencies. But I think it's, just, it's, almost, it's almost asking yourself, is there a mirror image of this happening in the DA, but happening in a very muted way? But I think there's a lot at stake for next, next week's election uh, and council meeting. Uh, whilst we know that Musi Mayamani is an unopposed candidate, um, and so he's automatically, I think, he remains leader of the party. The question is, I don't think he's very powerful in the party. I think there are levers in the party that actually constrain part of his ability to be uh, 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 the kind of leader he wants to be. But at the same time, I think that internal to the party are questions of the federal way in which the party is structured with FedEx, uh, with, 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 the, uh, with the FedEx and others, with the, the, the federal uh, council, etc., and others within there that play a very critical role in managing these things. So obviously, we could argue that the DA, in its own understanding of who they want in particular council positions, who they feel as candidates on the list, etc., etc., mayors and and premier, I mean, uh, premiers and so forth, I think the question is, you know, they themselves are now saying we reserve the right to ask to, to the Constitution must actually grant the party the right to essentially remove those so-called, and in inverted commas, deployees, because we feel that they're not doing the job. And it actually raises the question then about how this will play itself out in terms of the internal political and political vested interests that exist within the party. Some also suggesting, and very briefly, that the, the DA is cannibalizing itself with the situation with Patricia DeLille in the Western Cape. Your thoughts on that, just briefly, in 30 seconds, uh, and what can we expect uh, from her future within the Democratic Alliance? Well, in a nutshell, I think they've really created a, a, a chaos for them. Uh, some would say that they've created their own crisis with, the, with Patricia DeLille. Uh, with her, I think we're going to wait and see what happens with that whole uh, motion, I mean, the, 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 the internal uh, issues that were postponed because of two members that she opposed on that on that uh, mm-hmm. uh, on that commission. And lastly, I think Patricia Delille, uh is somebody that's going to continue to re- remain in the political landscape of the country. Whether it's in the DA, I don't think so. But I definitely think she'll continue to remain and contest. She may even try to resurrect the independent Democrats. Sanusha, I thank you so much for your time. That was Sanusha Naidu, political analyst.